All right. All right. Now we're on. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. <laughs> How are you? I am so excited to be here. Last time I talked to you, you were in Germany. I take it you're I back. I right? am back, and you're still wearing that great hat. You know, the silver hat. It's not a gray hat. It's a silver hat. And uh, like I said, when I first put it on. That was a little invalidating. You just said it's not a gray. I said it's, you could say thank you. Oh, thank you for <laughs> noticing my gray hat. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now you can say whatever you want. I feel no, I was just going to say, like I said at the beginning of the, of the very first podcast on which I wore it, uh, I still don't know exactly why I wear it. And even when I put it on, I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing? I'm putting on this stupid silver hat. But, it's, <laughs> but, um, but it is what it is. And, uh, and it seems to work. You know, it's working. Uh, I'm still it brings me I'll, joy. It brings <laughs> you joy. So it's working. And it's keeping me alive, you know, as far as because I'm still alive. A good thing. Uh, so anyway, so we're going to be uh, starting in just a minute. Anything uh, that I should know about what's happening with you? Oh, you know, um, just that I have a little bit of shoulder pain right now, and I would really love a massage. Just oh, stop, okay. throw that out. <laughs> well, <so laughs> no, we'll see if somebody it. drops by and does that while we're doing the podcast. Wants to offer it up. No, that's good. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> And uh, what I, all I have to say is, let's see, we did the last one last Friday. Yeah, and then I took off on a road trip to Washington, D.C. Wow. with my son, Reuben. And um, we, we drove to D.C. on Friday, which is the day the abortion decision came down from the Supreme mm -hmm. Court. But we didn't know, and that wasn't why we were going. It makes it look like I'm a very radical activist that I went all the way to D.C. to be in the protest. Because then when we arrived, that's what was going on. And the next morning... We got up and we went right to the Supreme Court. And we hung out there for a good while and 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 were uh, among the people there. And it was uh, it was really very moving and very intense and a little bit scary uh, with the amount of police presence that was there and the uh, how angry people were. Um, but yeah, so we saw Washington D.C. We we went around. We listened to some music and hung around and then we came came up to Philadelphia for a day and we went to like the uh, Liberty Bell and those places. Oh, wow. We went to the Lincoln Memorial and I was reading on the wall of the Lincoln Memorial. If anybody who's listening has been there, it's unbelievably beautiful memorial. Oh, just to walk favorite. there. Is it? My f when I was a little girl, I, I, I mean, I wanted to be president back in the day. It was, it was before the world had, had Well, now you're old but enough. But the Lincoln... Now I'm old enough and too wise to, to share that ambition <laughs> with my, my younger self. But no, I, that, the Lincoln Memorial, I thought, was just the most inspired and inspiring place I'd ever, I'd ever seen. Some, something about it. And, of course, yeah. the view that it has but how, and how big it is and how big yeah. Lincoln is. And then on the walls are, are, are engraved oh. parts of his speeches. By the way, speaking about dialectics and what we talked about last time, one of the things that was really interesting was to see one of his speeches around the time of Emancipation Proclamation mm -hmm. was that he was saying um, he, he found a synthesis in talking about this incredibly divisive thing, the thing that tore the country apart, yeah. slave versus no slave, expand slave into new territories or not. And he's sort of giving a speech about that, and he's saying, look, what I want is to hold this union together. A house divided against itself cannot yeah. stand, hit oh. that famous line. And he said, what I want is to hold the union together. 
said, if that means that, that it's all slave, this is a little earlier for him, mm-hmm. uh, then, then, that, then so be it. If that means that there's no slaves, so be it. If that means it's half slave and half, then so be it. But what's important to me is that we're all in this together. And that was just a different synthesis than being on one side or the other of that particular argument. At least it sounded like that, though he gravitated rather rapidly after that to um, being on one side more than the other. But it just the way he wrote was just brilliant. Oh, you know, it was poetic, and it, and it was elevated. I think it elevated the vision of what America was and could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and this idea of the United States as you know, uh, a place where difference could also exist with a um, with a shared vision, um, with cooperation, and to really like to hold to hold that tension of these individual states with individual priorities that would kind of subjugate those you know singular desires to be a part of this this larger whole mm. Mm. yeah and even though the, at the time uh, slaves couldn't vote women couldn't vote yes. there was all this rhetoric that forecast the future of everybody voting and everybody supposedly being an equal participant of democracy mm. and there was a feel of democracy then that uh, just articulating it even though it was a very imperfect uh, at the time and continued imperfect. And but anyway, it was just a touching thing to go there and then mm-hmm. to go to the go to Philadelphia and the Liberty Bell and so on. Did you happen um, to see any of the the most recent January six hearings? Yeah, yeah, I, I've watched a fair amount of it. Uh, certainly, the one with Cassidy Hutchinson yeah. uh, that was just unbelievable. I just kept thinking, this twenty-five-year-old woman. Right? is sitting there knowing full well that she's going to get death threats for the next yep. many years of her life if she makes it. And and she gets up there and she's had such poise and she Incredible. articulated the level of courage that she I th- had. I was very proud to be an American watching her. Mm. I mm. felt like, wow, this is, this is the best of us. And um, I mean, even the whole proceedings, but really, yeah, her capacity as someone that you know, as she said, worked to uh, represent Trump's candidacy and the, the best of the work that he'd done, that she could just be so candid, um, forthright, and, um, and also express her disappointment and disillusion. It was really, I was, I was just very, very proud in all of what was unfolding there um, and proud of her. So I thought it was a pretty remarkable expression of democracy and of the institutions, what we're capable of when we decide to be. Um, well, uh, with all of the threats to uh, democracy that are going on now, at least from my, 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 not just my perspective, but lots of people, yeah. but so with all of the threats, with all of the recent decisions that the Supreme Court has made, which has really been uh, not surprising, but shocking uh, anyway, some of the decisions, in, including climate change-related decisions, uh, of allowing for more guns in certain states where there weren't right. guns, as many guns where they had restrictions before, um, making the decisions uh, uh, about uh, states uh, and how they can regulate their own elections, maybe with uh, 
legislatures overriding judiciary. It's just there's a lot of threats going on. And then, of course, there's the stuff going on in Ukraine. And then there's the stuff mm -hmm. going on in the economy. And then there's these hearings that we've been watching. And when you consider all of that, I just thought we should now start this podcast with a chance to just take a breath mm. and to calm down our nervous systems a little bit. There's only so much you can do in a brief time, but I think, you know, I think that there are ways to breathe Yeah, uh, that a lot of people teach, a lot of people have learned, and maybe people listening to this podcast have learned, but I just want us to do something really includes for my own nervous system because, you know, you and I have something coming up in this podcast that makes mm. me nervous and uh <laughs> and so uh and and everybody's going through a lot of difficult times so here's what i want to do you know there's a lot of different ways to talk about this particular breathing exercise mm -hmm. and i'm sure everybody knows different versions of it i'm just going to call it the five 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 breathing exercise and mm -hmm. what that means is that if you can slow down your breathing and breathe slowly enough that it settles your autonomic nervous system, that it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, that it slows down your fight-flight nervous system, your mm -hmm. you know sympathetic nervous system, that if you can do that for even a few minutes, and we'll just do two minutes of this mm -hmm. for now, but you know, you, you really can use something as readily available as the breath to kind of calm down and to get ready for whatever you're doing next. So the 555 means that when we begin this, you count to five while you take an in-breath. So I'm going one, two, three, four, five while I'm breathing. And I'm focusing on each count while I'm breathing in. And then I breathe out five. So again, keeping it sort of rhythmically slow one two three four five breathing mm -hmm. out and then hold it for five a count of five it's a slightly different version of what other people might know and, and a little bit different than sometimes is taught within dbt though it's the same idea and it, it is resonance frequency breathing is the technical term for this. Got it it. Helps so I'm inhaling for five, exhaling for five, holding for five, on holding, holding for five. out for five. Okay, got it. Right, right. And so we'll just do that. And so I'm not going to count out loud. Everybody count to yourselves. Just give yourself this opportunity to take advantage of just a couple of minutes of time to see if you can sort of slightly de-stress what's probably a stressed nervous system if you're in the country I'm in. Um, okay, yeah, so... human body. <laughs> right. And so in two minutes, in uh, about two minutes, I'll, I'll stop us. But so just get yourselves so, sort of settled in a way where you can sort of stay relatively still with your body and where you don't have to be moving around and you're not looking at other things and you can close your eyes if you'd like or you could keep your eyes open and just look down in front of you at some neutral spot if you'd like. But just get settled into your body and just feel your body to come down into a settled posture. And let's begin with inhaling to a count of five, exhaling to five, and then hold it for five. And I'll tell us when we're going to stop.
Okay, let's stop that. Mm. That was great. Yeah, it really, you know, there's something about that extra holding it for five that I find is really adds. It just allows one to settle if you mm. don't lose your breath too much, you know. <laughs> um, and five, five, five is so easy to remember compared yeah. to some of the formulas that people put out, like four, six, and seven, and that, that, all these different things. So mm. No, that was lovely. I feel much more present. Okay, so let me say what we're going to be doing, and you could add something if you'd like to this, sure. Nicole. Um, Nicole and I thought it, you know, we can talk about dialectics. We can talk about uh, social and political issues of the day. We can talk about being in psychological hell in all kinds of ways, and all of those are part of this podcast. But there's another thing that we thought we could do is uh, kind of uh, be it as opposed to talk about it. And to be it, we thought, okay, so let's have some scenario that's coming up. In this case, let's say it's in a psychotherapy session. And I am Nicole's psychotherapist. And I've seen her for uh, a few months. Um, and during that time, she's become pregnant. And I know that. Uh, that's been somewhat of a topic of conversation. And, and, uh, and so now she's... Um, uh, wrestling with an issue about what to do about this pregnancy. Um, so that's where we're going to be, like in a, in a therapy session. Let's, what should she do? So I'll just say those of you who are real Marshall Linehan adherents, people who study DBT and study Marshall Linehan, Marsha talked about there being three types of therapy sessions. One type was the usual type that most people know in DBT, which is solving a problem like you're, you know, you're, you're having urges to harm yourself or you're binging and purging or you uh, have an addiction and you're trying to solve these problems in order to build a life worth living. There's a second type, which is just heart-to-heart -heart talks, which is every once in a while, not too frequently in therapy, that really the therapist and patient each let down their guard and just have a talk about whatever's going on, including in the relationship. And the third, the third one, the kind this is going to be, is decision-making sessions. Like, should I do this or should I do that? And so we're going to do that kind, which is less highlighted when you learn about DBT, but still can involve all the same concepts and even some of the same skills and principles. So that's where we're going to go. And what we thought we would do is do this for about 20 minutes or so and then leave time after that for each of us to... Um, reflect on what happened and what some of our personal experiences were, which, you know, when you're in therapy, sometimes you don't get a chance to do that right after a therapy session. So that's what we're going to do. And um, I just have to tell you that though we know the basic scenario, the outline, what I just told you, we don't know a heck of a lot more. It's so, <laughs> so it's kind of unscripted. That's why I said I'm a little nervous about this. I'm pretty nervous too. All right. Well, who knows right. what will happen? All right. So, Nicole, um, how are you today? It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. I am... Um, how am I? I feel... I'm, I'm unsettled. I'm a little bit... Um, I'm ruminating a lot. Hmm. I... As you know, um, you know, Lucas is really excited about 
about this baby. And I, right. ever since, I don't know that it was just what happened with Roe, but ever since the decision came out, I've really felt pretty strongly that I want to terminate my pregnancy. Remind me how many weeks you're, you are into it, or if, if you know that clearly. I'm, I'm 16 weeks now. Okay. And um, I, I mean, I was always ambivalent about, about kids. I... Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm realizing now just how much of this was about about Lucas and making him happy. And I mean, it's not that there's anything wrong with this. I think it, you know, I think it could have been fine, but it wasn't ever a burning desire of mine. No, if I remember right, you, it wasn't like something planned either on your no. part. That you interrupted your birth control at a certain point, but that wasn't because you were planning to have a child. No, no, right? it was because my periods were awful, and I was I was planning on on switching to something more homeopathic. It was mm. totally unplanned, and I mean, I I thought if I if I was going to even consider kids, it would be a few years from now, maybe, mm. um, maybe. And even then, it was never something like I was like, oh, I should be, you know, I should be aware of time or any of that. I mean, I, I love what I'm doing. I love my life. And, and it's now really it just... It, it's really true that, you know, and I've gotten to know you pretty well over these recent months. You, now that I think of it, though, it hadn't crossed my mind exactly like this before. You've never really talked about, oh, boy. I'm going to be raising a baby. I'm going to be having a child. I'm going to be doing that whole thing and oh knitting a God. family together. And uh, that just hasn't been in your main vocabulary. I've just assumed, okay, well, she's, she and doing Lucas are happy about this. Doing what people do around do, this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the years go by and you think, well, I should get pregnant. And, and, oh. and I do have this partner and he and I are pretty good together. So I guess we'll do this, right? But I mean, actually, I, I don't want to be married, which is already a thing we went through. I don't want to be married. That's and right. I, and I, I mean, I love him. He's wonderful. I think, I think, I mean, I think we have a lovely, we have a lovely situation, but I don't know what it is to have a baby. I mean, I don't want to change diapers. I don't, my sister, <laughs> you know, she has two kids and, and they're, they're adorable for like an hour. I know for some people it's it's they say once you you know you're never ready until you do it and and I guess I was thinking that that yeah. that would be true for me maybe and and I you know I know a lot of people it's transformed them in a good way my mother thinks that I'll finally grow up uh, <laughs> I don't know that I don't know. I don't know. And this is one of the things that's really been on my mind. But, you know, if if Roe hadn't come out the way that it did, mm -hmm. I probably I probably would have just gone on and, and had the baby. But, but say more of what what how does 
how did the Roe decision, which which is a decision that I mean, you're in New York. Yeah. So that Roe no, decision not, not turns impacting. it over to the state. So it isn't it doesn't say anything has to change in New York, but right. it's impacted your thinking. How did it impact your thinking? Yeah, well, I mean, I think about, you know, I went to an all girls school. I, 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 I'm not, hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it means to be a feminist, really, other than I know I have opportunities that my mother's generation and certainly my grandmother's generation didn't have. And I know that I have opportunities that now many women in the, in the rest of this country don't have. Um, and for me, I guess one of my values is, is to really to be conscious of and to, to live into like the fullest expression of my humanness to mm -hmm. really like, to really <laughs> lean into the opportunities that are available to me and like what makes my heart sing because that's what it that that's what it is to be an individual in a free country I guess and um, to not take any of it for granted because well, that's interesting so what yeah because what make what makes your heart sing is not that imagination of the one hour or plus one or going beyond one hour with a baby and changing diapers and being with family and says what makes your heart sing has been the work you've talked about. Yeah, and it's the, my company. Uh, it's it's my yeah. vision for what I'm building, and it's and I mean, and it's it's our environment. It's what's I I think having I think having children when we're as overpopulated as we are hmm. is inherently something that that requires responsible people to think carefully about. You know, it's not just like an entitlement. It's not something that I think we should just do because it's what people do. Um, there, there are so many ways to have a rich, meaningful life. And I don't know, I don't believe everyone should be a parent. I, don't be I believe everyone can do what is, what is appropriate and right for them. And I also think that like, as an educated woman, that has so many opportunities available to me to choose to, you know, bear a child and like move towards a traditional role when so many people are, are now forced to take that path. Right. To me, it's just like, right. I, it's just like, why, why would I, why would I relinquish this great opportunity I have to forge my own destiny and to, you know, forgive me for saying so, but, but to, to, to kind of like tie myself down with that responsibility, because it is responsibility, you know, and again, I'm not judging for women who do this. I mean, many of my friends have kids and, and bless them. I think that's amazing. I just, well, you know, I just don't Nicole know that that's what I want. You and you, you act, it's more than, it's not just that you don't know what you want. You've just articulated what you want. It's consistent with what you've said before. The, the outlier in what's going on with you is that you're pregnant. And so this, uh, you know, fetus is growing in you. Well, I'm and pregnant and I have a partner that's dying to have kids. No, that, to me, that's the one thing you're bringing, that's the wrinkle 
yeah. <laughs> the wrinkle. That's the giant wrinkle <laughs> in the situation. Because I think if you if it wasn't for him or your concern about him, or if it wasn't that he wanted kids, you'd probably be saying, Roe reminds me that I'm able to terminate a pregnancy, I and so I'm going to go ahead and do it. I would have had the abortion. You would have already had it. So you're already holding out because you don't want to disappoint, or you don't want to... Well, I don't think that I... I think that the fact that I came this far along, I got swept up in our relationship and his enthusiasm, and I, I really, like, allowed... You know, his vision of what could be to eclipse the the truth that that I just I I know what I want and what I don't want. I you know, I got caught up in a a fairy tale fantasy the contagion and, and the and the maybe, oh maybe it could be me too, you know, like maybe this is what I should want. I got lost in that and and it's just gotten so clarified for me because I, I, I just don't, I'm like, n- I know I don't want it. And I also know it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a nightmare to go through this conversation. And, uh, uh. and I, I don't want, I mean, and what I'm thinking, which I feel really uncomfortable about, and I feel, you know, as I'm sitting here talking about being in a posture of great integrity, like I'm thinking about just going ahead with it before I say anything and then lying and just saying I miscarried and because I feel like that that's the easiest way to keep our relationship on great terms and and also to just get myself out of this but of course that's lying and um you know yeah let me comment on that you've you've been in you've been in dbt skills yeah. You've been through some things, and you've been through it, the interpersonal skills. Yeah. And you may remember that there are these skills for how to <laughs> manage a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. to have a have a have a how to have a conversation in a relationship. So we should we should not ignore that. Is this and the one dear of man the, thing? The dear man thing. Aye, yeah. Where you're and where you have three different priorities when you're going to have a conversation, mm-hmm. and the third of the three is how do you strengthen your self-respect? And oh. one of those, and there's four skills that have to do with how do you strengthen your self-respect in a relationship, and they, they go to the acronym F-A-S-T, or FAST. And one is to be fair. So that means being fair to yourself and fair to the other person. Okay, wait, 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 but Charlie, like, okay, being fair to the other person assumes that the person and his whole family system, because, you know, his mother lives nearby and his mother is like an octopus. And it's just like, I oh mean, my God. <laughs> between your mother and her mother, I know, right? His right? Talk my about God, you're I living can, at the bottom of the sea. Exactly. I can yeah. barely breathe already. Um, right. No, she's intense. She's intense. And I, I mean, and she and he are very close. And I think that being fair to both of them assumes that that there's that there's some perspective there that they're able to see outside their own beliefs about what's right what's true what's what's good like that that they even can conceive of i mean the whole thing when we were supposed to get married and i was like i don't really want to get married that was such a like that was that was that was really really corrosive because hmm. it was like I was somehow dishonoring his masculinity 
and by not wanting to take his name and want not to get married and all of those things where I mean that we that we got through that was was yeah but look you're you're misunderstanding so you're taking something I said just about what it about being fair let me just say about being fair okay. being fair doesn't mean you make a decision that he wants being fair doesn't mean that you please him and his octopus mother <laughs> you know being fair means that you take his position into account mm -hmm. and you think of how to be fair. So if, for instance, you were going to decide to not have the baby mm -hmm. and you were going to have a conversation with him about it, one feature of that that might help your own self-respect is, okay, I was as fair as I could be. But fair doesn't mean I did everything he wanted. It, I don't know what it what it'll mean exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so you know, like I know this is a strange analogy, but you know, like sometimes, like when people will have affairs, sometimes I, I, I'd love your thoughts on this. But you know, sometimes it's not always like the best thing to tell the whole truth because sometimes it hurts the other person more to know, like you know, sometimes you tell the truth because you you want your own conscience to be cleansed, but you end up like destroying the other person. And you know, it's like, I, I don't know, I think I was, I was mm. talking to a friend of mine who, who you know, had a one night stand at a wedding and then was like, well, I really need to, I just need to be transparent with my husband or whatever. And it devastated him and you know, now two and a half years later, he's still not over it. And like, I think that he would have preferred to just not know. Because it was mm -hmm. really my friend who was just trying to have a clean conscience and just like you know get it off her chest, and she just thought things would just go back to normal. Um, and so I think they both might have been better off. And again, I don't they know. Might. This is like they a might. sticky area. I this don't know. It's a this fuzzy. is a it's a sticky area. And, and so, but let me say another thing. Another one of the self-respect standards you might say is mm -hmm. being true to your values. Mm. That's one of the four. Things. One of them is to oh. be fair to each other, but the other, and another is to stick to your values. So would it be, and I'm not saying what your values should be, they're your values, but yeah. would your values include that it's, it would make sense to be dishonest with him about a child that he thinks is there and is going to be there for him and that he's been dreaming about, etc. Is Is it within your values to lie to him about that and to have a to, to terminate the pregnancy and then say it was a miscarriage okay maybe that <laughs> you say it that way it sounds really no it's not I think that I think I'm that not trying I'm not trying no, to shoot, no, shoot I, you I down it. this is I really have, your business I your, your you. values I hear are. you no I I think that I can't lie about and say it was a miscarriage I think that I would have to tell him what I did but I think that telling him ahead of time feels like I'm giving him like I'm giving him power over, over what I do, which I don't believe belongs to him. You mean because he might change your mind or he might... Uh, that he's going to hold me hostage and say that our relationship depends on, you know, me having this baby and, like, and that it's, it's going to become... I mean, he can't change my mind, but I think that... Um, I want to. Mm. I want to do what's right, and I. I guess I. I think again. This feels like a, an issue about. About what it means to be a woman, an equal participant in society, where, uh -huh. I, am, doing what is 
again, we are not married. Um, we have, we have, yeah, we're in a relationship, but like we have no, ugh, I, mean, I mean, it's hard. Yes, we, there's no, but I think there, what but like you, but what I think you're trying to say in a one way or another is the fact that you're in a relationship and you've been together for a while, the fact that you're pregnant, though that wasn't your intention, and the fact that you um, don't want the, to carry the child to term. Um, none of that, none of that is uh, anything that anyone else, from what you're saying, really needs to be the person that makes the decision about. And that the relationship, the fact that you chose this one out of the whatever number of billion people there are on earth to be with, <laughs> does not necessarily mean that you have to go with what he wants. It's yeah. it's more complicated than that. It's more it's more what do you I don't know, it's just it's a very complicated thing. But the but it is in one way it's not complicated. I've talked to a lot of women who've been pregnant who are trying to decide what to do. And you know, you're you're one of the clearest I've ever heard. You know what you personally want I to do. do. I really and you do. want to and you and so you're trying to figure out how do I bring this into the relationship with him so that I can have the life that looks exciting to me um, and deal with it honestly or directly with him, right, if you're not going to lie about it. And if he says that he doesn't want to be with me right. anymore, which is possible, it is possible. It's like, conceivable, though you're jumping to that, but it is conceivable. I am jumping to that, but it is, and I mean, part of me is so angry even just thinking about it that, like, all of a sudden... My value is contingent on carrying a child. I mean, it just like I'm feeling disgust towards him. And again, I, I understand a lot of this is speculative, but it's like amazing what's coming up in my body. Just, just thinking about how excited, like how much the, the nature of our relationship has changed since I've been pregnant. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and how he relates to me differently. And yeah. Yeah. And, and how we talk about our future differently. Like, I I feel, I don't know that it's objectified, but I feel, again, like this vehicle for some fantasy of his. And and I do feel resentful. And I feel angry. And I, and I do want to extricate. But your, your, your resentment is based on not having had a conversation with him and not knowing for sure how he would respond to it if you actually <laughs> articulate actually how you feel. I have said... You have. What Lucas, have you said? I am not going to be your fantasy baby mama. Like, okay. I am not going to be whatever you think it's going to look like. I'm going to be the same person. And if you if you are into doing all of this, like, blue bedroom, whatever, then that's you. <laughs> but it's not me. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I don't want to do it. It's not like All right. I'm well, going to be you, the same you, person. But you saying that to him is a little bit of, a, of an early rehearsal. It's a very early rehearsal for the big conversation. So, you know, you and as being part of interpersonal skills in DBT, which I think are profoundly helpful sometimes. Yeah. I want you to have a conversation with me, me being Lucas. Yeah. 
I want you to try it. I want you to 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 look me in the eye because you know that's one of the skills is to be actually present and to be actually mindful <laughs> and actually to look like you have a right to say what you're going to say because right. I think you do have a right to yes, say I what do. you want to say. Sure is. So remember too. that. And and I'm Lucas, and I'll try to be my own my own version of Lucas as I would. Yes, right. Lucas might Fine. respond. Okay, so give it a try. Charmingly chauvinistic. Is that, is that what <laughs> well, um, I don't know. You haven't given me enough description to know no, that for I sure. No, I mean, he's lovely. He's wonderful. Okay, okay. Well, it's just, it's going to kill him. I know I can feel it already. I don't like it. Oh. Yeah, but, you're, right. but it, won't, it won't kill me, but it, it might kill the Lucas within me. We'll, we'll okay. find out. <laughs> okay. <with that. laughs> okay, 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 okay. All right, so, um, all right, Lucas, uh, let me look you in the eye. Why is it so hard to look you in the eye? All right. Okay. The first thing I want to say is, Lucas, I, I want to take responsibility. I just want to say, first of all, this is a really hard thing for me to say. Mm. Um, and please let me finish before you say anything, because this is really hard for me to say. Um, oh, I'm listening. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I know how much you want to be a dad. I know how much you want to be a dad and how hard it was for you to grow up without a dad. And I, I know how exciting it's been for you just imagining our future as parents. And I know that I have contributed to, to that excitement. I know that I have been, um, I know I have, I have fed into that. Um, and I feel like your face is already telling me you're just, me I'm out. just waiting to hear you okay, out. Okay, okay, I, okay. I'm waiting to hear you out. You asked me to wait yeah, and I, no, I think I hear you. what's coming, but uh, I don't know. Thank you. Um, so I've never, ever, I love our life. I love my life. I love what I've built at the firm. I love, I love the way we are together, just the two of us and and I think that especially what's going on in our country, it's so important to me to not to not have a child, to, to really to have to use the privilege, to really take advantage and savor the privilege of being an autonomous woman that does things differently because I can choose. And it doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't value everything you want. And if, if this is a deal breaker for you, I respect that and I understand that. And I, I, cannot, I cannot have this baby. And Nicole, I want to say, I, I, I've held off. Let me say this, though. Yeah. I should have known when you didn't want to get married. I should have known. Know. All right, just be quiet. But it's not even about that. It's not. No, it different. isn't about that. No, but that was a crack already. That was a crack already. Oh. And now here we go. And now you don't want to have a child with me. And when you say, "I love my life. I love my work. I love what I'm doing in the world. I love what's going and on." I love you. The, that's the one thing you didn't say until just a minute ago. You threw it into another paragraph. But no, I mean, how about no. do you love me? I mean, is of there some I reason? Do. 
Of course I do. I'm so sorry. No, no I don't want to apologize. I don't want to apologize. But I, 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 you know what? I should have said that first. You're right. I should have said that first. And I understand that you're angry. And it totally makes sense. Makes angry? Sense. I've just been thinking since I was a little kid that I would have the chance to be a father, just like you said. I mean, you know me pretty well. I know. Yeah. And I under- so and it's kind of heartbreaking that you don't want to do that. I understand. I understand. I, I, I'm sure that if I were in your position, I would feel just the same way. And I can't imagine what it's like. I won't pretend to. And Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, fuck, Charlie, I don't know what to do now. Because this is, this is you know, honestly, I just want to scream and be like, you brat. I want to be like, you brat, this is not about you, and we weren't even going to have kids. This just happened as an accident. Like, I'm pissed off right now. Yeah, but look, but you've, but you've gone 16 weeks. I mean, you've gone 16 God, weeks. God. I mean, I, I haven't known all those weeks, but you've gone like two months knowing you're pregnant, and, and I, you've, you've, you know, I know that you're not the baby mommy type. I know that, but I figured you'd grow into it. I thought I thought that you would come to like it. I mean, other people do. I mean, you sort of fall in love with your child, and I mean, and so oh, I just God. thought, well, that'll probably happen. Yeah, I wish you loved the whole idea, but I know you don't love the whole idea. But I thought, you know, you and I have a lot going for us. I thought, and so we'll we do, kinda, and we do, we'll and 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 I think that we can have a wonderful life together without a baby. I, I can't. have to think. I have to think about that. I mean, I have to. This is a decision that I've made. This is something. This is something you've that made I'm going this by yourself. I, you've made yes. this. Yes, I have. You and that therapist of yours. No, God, right? Uh, no, no. Actually, it was. It was. It was all me. It was all me. And because you know what. If I were to ever have a child, which I don't think I want to, but if I ever were to at some time in the future when it felt like the right thing, I would never be able to look that child in the eye with any sense of self-respect if I did that now because, because I thought I should or it was, I, it was supposed to. In order to be a person that I'm proud of, I have to, I have to, I have to be a whole person. And right now, that that's just not what being a whole person looks like. I I, I hear what you're saying. I, I get where Do you're you? coming from. I Do know you? you. I know you well enough to know that this makes sense to me. But I did not think it was going to go this way. I, I didn't even worry that it was going to go this way. I worried that maybe you wouldn't like being a mom that much. Oh um, oh, just with that. A baby. Just that. So then yeah. what? So that I'm just an unhappy, I'm just an unhappy woman. No, I was worried about down. that, but I thought, well, no, I thought I thought our love would carry over into oh, God. having I mean, the child. But how you know, naive? If, how fucking naive? Jeez. If, if, but if nobody's know, if love I, is that strong. If I was carrying this baby, oh. and not you, I would have the baby anyway and raise it myself. I would be thrilled. You would be welcome to it. Well, how about you have the baby and I'll raise it? Not a chance. Now, is that what you call a dialectical synthesis? I no, mean, you, you oh, go. Stop, 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 stop. You know what? You go and get your own friggin' therapist. No, it's not. I'm not carrying the baby. Do you understand that that's, that this is my body? This is my, you know, you go, you uh, go, go get a surrogate um, if you really want to be. I, but I can't be the parent. I can't be the, the 
vehicle. I can't. Okay, okay. I, I can't carry on this conversation anymore. I understand. That's just too much for me right now. I, I'll talk to you tomorrow about it. Okay. I, I'm not even going to say anything else about it right now. I just, I'm afraid the wrong things would come out. Okay? That's, that's very mature of you. Okay. I got it. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am okay, sorry. Okay, Nicole. Let's oh, time out. Time out. This is awful. <laughs> oh. 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 I, you know what? It makes me so mad is when I feel like I don't want to apologize, and I do. You know, and I'm like, I feel so, right. I feel so guilty and ashamed. And at the same time, I feel so righteous. You know, I think both came through and, and <laughs> it's very hard for you to just stay righteous. I mean, I'm, I was, a, I and know. in a way, a, I was a little surprised sometimes because you're so, in talking to me as Charlie on the yeah. podcast, yeah. you were so clear. I mean, and talking to me as me, as your therapist, you were yeah. so clear about these things, but then actually mixing it up with your, you know, your partner, oh. uh, and, and, and taking and having to deal with his feelings and oh. his, his dreams and his heartaches. And, oh. but I think that that's what it, that's what, that's where the rubber meets the road. It's really, oh. really hard. Oh, that's why I just want to just lie. You I, know you I know, I just want to lie. I know. And, and you wanted to bail out of the role play. <laughs> At a certain point, you called me Charlie. I thought, wait, did she forget that my name is Lucas? <laughs> I know, I did. It was hard to be in that. I needed help. I needed help. I know, I wanted to help you, but I was Lucas. Oh, damn it. I was Lucas. I, I, needed, I needed help. Really? What do I do about that? How do I, how do I show up with, with self-respect there? I think you did a really good job, first of all. So in terms of Way how do you show up? No, I, I, I really feel that's an extremely hard conversation to have. I can remember conversations I've had to have with partners in the past that were really, really, really hard moments when I knew what I was going to say was mm -hmm. not going to be what the partner wants. And so those are really hard to do. And I just think you, I think it's, um, you do, you just, you got ready and you, did it, but when you say it was so hard, what do you what do you think you didn't do? You think you should have just stuck to your guns as sort of a, a more more righteous about your position? No, and I think it was just. Or, I felt like I didn't know how in that moment to be like. I felt what I was. I felt here's what it was happening. I felt like I was. I was feeling like I might negotiate or like I might I might wait or I might compromise on what I know oh. I can't compromise on that was what was coming up in me and so I in your like mind you thought that you might compromise I might say like okay let's wait and I'll think about it and I know I, I can't see. and that's what was so vulnerable for me right, and right, I just right. like I just wanted and so for me getting angry and and being righteous felt like a way to just protect against this this any possibility because I feel like that's how I got this far in the first place it was like it was like there was resistance or whatever, but then his joy and his and his vulnerability and all those things that I do love so much, like that's where I'm just like, okay, forget about whatever's going on for me. Like I want to get swept up in the relationship and it's and it's lovely and he's lovely and I care about him. And in some ways I feel stronger than he is. And so I melt a little bit and, and the anger feels like the way to like, I don't know, it's like armor, right? I can just stay, I can just stay separate. 
But when I That's let that go, I feel I just feel somehow like, oh gosh, I'm gonna lose my I'm gonna lose my 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 point of view. I'm gonna lose like my conviction, and that feels very vulnerable. You know, I when I hear that and I step back from a, the conversation we had, I just think that the the huge challenge is for you to stay with what's important to you, and let yourself actually immerse yourself in and feel mm. that you have severely disappointed him and that and that makes you vulnerable but it doesn't change your mind and so it isn't like you need to change things it doesn't like you have to get angry it doesn't mean you have to put armor on it's like you might be able to say to him something like i know i'm breaking your heart oh and it breaks my heart to break your heart that I just so can't enlightened. I can't stand it. I I just it's so painful to do this, but I know I have to do this. I mean, so somehow if you can to really be open and honest to really tell the whole truth. Yeah, that you feel, you know, that you feel you're betraying him, that you feel you I do, you're, I yeah, do yeah, all of it, that. You're right. I think so I mean to really say like I am I feel like it's my fault that we got this far. I and cuz I that's what I tried to start with. It's like I know I fed into this. I know, I know, I like, I, I did. I we looked, we looked at the little like kids stores, and we talked baby names. Like I, I did that with you him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was complicit, and like, I do. I want to take responsibility for that because that was me, and I made it worse. And I, and I am sorry for that. Well, then there's so many things like that that you can do in a relationship without it her having to turn into a child. I mean. All of us do that in a close relationship where we yeah. go along with the other person because we know mm -hmm. it means so much to them. And you can do that. You can say, I know how much you love ice cream. <laughs> so so let's go use your favorite ice cream place every night that you want to go. I'm with you on that. But that doesn't result in a child. Well, I uh, did think just what he said. I thought maybe I could want it, too. For a little while. Well, no, I and that's understandable. That's what that's a sort of a ready-made view within our culture and within yeah. ourselves. Maybe biologically, maybe that's it within us. But, but I think that you know one of the things this highlights for me, Nicole, is that the the in this conversation, the woman is in this a very different position than the man. I can't even yeah. articulate all of it. I only I'm all in my own skin i only know the man's position but the, it's a very different position the man is not having to wrestle with the same issue yeah. you this is your body this is yeah. growing in you this is something that's going to become your life yeah. and and you didn't even intend it at this point and and there you are trying to maintain a love relationship with somebody who has fallen in love with this child to be i mean it's it's a it's the man isn't doesn't have an equivalent a parallel exact position as that it's a particularly vulnerable position and also you've been trying to meet his needs and you've been listening to and mm. and nurture, nurturing you know baby names and yes. going to look oh. at cribs and all of this kind of stuff and so you've been in a way going along with it you aren't it doesn't it just means you're you ha i mean maybe this is why why evolution created nine months you know <laughs> like you've got some time to figure this out i mean and 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 at least in other countries you can then go ahead and have an abortion during that yeah. time <laughs> yeah right. you know while you're figuring it out and say you know what this is not for me yeah um but you know 
I thought that was very, uh, was sort of heartbreaking. I mean, I thought you were doing yeah. such a good job of it that I felt as Lucas, I really was tearing up when you were talking and I was realizing, holy shit, she's about to tell me she doesn't want to have this baby. I felt that you felt it. I did feel. I felt that you felt it, and I felt like as you were gonna like, but when I when you brought in the marriage thing, I felt so guilty. I mean, and I felt angry because I felt like I felt like I was getting pigeonholed into this person that's just always always disappointing him, which I do feel sometimes. Mm. Oh, that was fascinating and hard. You do, which you do feel sometimes. So, are you telling me there is a Lucas? No, there's no Lucas. Wait, are we done now? Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's. We're done. We're done. Okay, we're now still, we're done. Okay. I don't know what we're done. We're done with so, with something. Are we done with not, our role play? We're not we done, done with, with our. our we're not done with the podcast. We have a no, few more. No, but we're done with left. the role play. Okay. We're done with okay. the role play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So we can go back. <laughs> I think in future role plays we give me a different name, so I'm like I'm not quite so confused. Um, okay. Right. 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 No, no, that was fascinating. Um, I I love that we did the role play in the role play. Um, because mm. I think that it it forced me like when I what I what I noticed was that like when we were when we were talking about it just as therapist and patient I was able to be intellectually removed enough from the emotion of mm. the situation that it it was like almost like I was talking or explaining about it but as soon as we entered into the role play of me with partner um then I'm like, then I, they, then I suddenly felt this sense of responsibility, of anxiety, and, and, and you transformed, like, that the, our relationship transformed so quickly, and, and my, and my, this feeling of not knowing, like, not having the right words, not having, like, all, like, whereas, as patient, I just kind of felt like, all right, this is my session, this is my time, I know what to do, and like, and like the dynamic here is clear. We have an established rapport, but but in that role play where all of a sudden you are this person that I love that that I'm trying to navigate this delicate ground with, yeah, yeah, I just noticed how how ineffective <laughs> my my humanity felt, uh, which I loved because. Um, then I feel like you were able to point back and kind of turn back to like, all right, it, you know, what is your real option here? What is the real problem here? And like, and what you offered me, which was this, okay, you don't need to bail, you don't need to like armor up or bail out. You can mm -hmm. actually, there is a space for you to really show up like with true dignity, which is like, and with real love, which is this, I see you, darling. Like I, I, and it does kill me that I'm doing this, and I still have to do it. And it's both are true. I mean, and that's the real dialectic. Is like I cannot. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, I think it. I think in conversations like this, and anybody who listens to this, who's in been in any long-term relationships, has had their own versions of these yeah. this kind of thing. Whether whether it was a breakup conversation or a right. child conversation or a we're going to move here, we're going to move there, yep. or we're going to let, let your mother-in-law come in or not. I mean, all of these things are impossible conversations. They're really messy. And I think that one of the things is that if you're truly honest and you truly open yourself up to knowing how you feel, like in that conversation yep. with, with uh, 
Lucas. I keep forgetting his name. I want to call him Lyle. <laughs> I you don't know why I made okay, that up uh, anyway. Some, so when, you have, have, when you're in that conversation, if you're really true to yourself and you're really honest and you really also stay in touch with the degree of pain that, yeah. you're, that it puts your partner through, then you're actually experiencing that you're, you're inflicting pain. Yes. You're inflicting pain. And whether you want to inflict pain or not, circumstances come about yeah. where inflicting pain is part of being a true being with yes. people. And it, it's just, and then, so if you can do it honestly and say, Lucas, I know this breaks your heart. I knew it would break your heart. It breaks my heart that it breaks your heart. Yeah. I'm very upset that this is true. And, I, and because of that, I've tried to think of, well, maybe it can work, maybe it can work, but I just can't do it. I cannot do it. I am so sorry. And you know, I, you're I can't. so right. And receiving that, because I've, I've received really bad, disappointing news where someone has, you know, where, where whether it's been like we've had an agreement and then someone's like, actually, I went ahead and I changed my mind or whatever it is. And it yeah. devastated me. But but yeah. interestingly, they've done similar to what I did, which was to get very defensive and very kind of hardened. And all I want is some recognition of just how devastating it is. Hmm. But I, and right. I, only now am I recognizing, for some reason it's just it's so apparent, why it's so difficult to have humanity when you're hurting someone. Because then you really do, you need to feel the, that thing that, that you are responsible for causing harm because when we make these decisions that are never easy you know we do like it's it's not calculus it might seem rational when we're sitting there whether it's a you know it's something to do with finances whether it's an employee employer kind of thing like it just makes more sense to do it this way but ultimately there's a human being on the other side and we right. are hurting them and to to somehow go back and hide behind what's reasonable and mm -hmm. to defend ourselves with why we, you know, why we're right to do what we do, and to push away that person on the other side that's having an emotion, you mm -hmm. know, we're we're anesthetizing ourselves from from the reality there. But oh, to open up and say, yeah, I see you, and you're right, and I'm, and I get it, and I am, and I'm hurting you, and I see it, and I'm sorry. It takes a lot of courage to do that. It's very hard to do that. I, it's very hard to do that. Uh, when we're at our very best on our game and we've Ooh. actually gotten ready to do it, I think it's even then it's hard. But I do want to say, and it, just to build on one thing you already said, the decision to do a role play inside a therapy session. Yeah. I mean, for those who are listening who are therapists or who are patients or who are would-be therapists or whatever it is, I think in the world of therapy, when I went from being a psychoanalytic therapist for many years to a behavior therapist and then started to do role plays and started to teach things with role plays, you know, there is something that you cannot quite capture as good yep. as a psychoanalytic therapy can be, and you can really become very alive. And of course, the transference analysis in a <laughs> psychoanalytic therapy is sort of like a role play within the therapy relationship within, within an alliance. But there's nothing quite like having a genuine role play because <sighs> it just feels different. The vulnerabilities are different. The buttons that are pushed are different. And it's more like what you're going to face in real life. And so I just think it, and you, and you, and I want to encourage people who are therapists 
dive in and do it without yeah. knowing where it's going to go. Because one of the things that blocks people from doing role plays is they think, holy cow, I don't know what I'll do. I'm yeah. Maybe I won't, won't, won't do the right strategy or I won't do the right thing. But you know what? Just do it. And then do it again. I mean, if I was doing this with Nicole in an actual therapy session, we would have done this and then we would have reflected on, gee, how did that go with Lucas? Yeah. And then we would have discussed about, is there a better way to do it? And then we would have done a second one. Mm -hmm. And she would have made some changes based on the first one. And, and then when she actually encountered Lucas, she would have already had two rehearsals right. and, and a chance to think about how messy this is and how true to yourself you right. want to be, but how hard that is to do. So and I, just I assume, tell that. me if I'm wrong, but we'd probably also kind of look at what are some of the obstacles, like what's likely to get in the way, kind of a cope ahead, but like, all right, yeah, we yeah, know yeah. that he's going to be, you know, shining and smiling and full of da-da-da, and I'll probably be tired from work or whatever it is, like some sort of like, what are the barriers to my showing up authentically, telling the right. truth? And what might what might prevent or or in moments where I got defensive or I dropped out of the role play, like why did that happen and how can we kind of tweak that? I think all of those opportunities is just like with sports visualization or anything else. The more opportunities you give yourself, or you can I think help your patient or whatever to like to really anticipate and kind of like come up with contingencies. Then you know even if the reality unfolds nothing like you expect you're still feeling more confident going into no, you, you, the game. You've already, you've, you've gotten into the real yeah. water for a while and it's different to talk about swimming than to actually try to swim. Oh gosh, yeah, so. is it ever. Now look, we're gonna stop because it's been a little over an hour and, um, and I think that we try to keep the podcast to that so people can kind of know how long they'd be. And let me just encourage anybody who does listen to this to please leave a comment somewhere. Um, it really, we don't know how this go. We don't know if this is useful to you. We don't know which part of this is useful to you. We don't know yeah. if, it, if it hits the spot and is, is educational or if it's interesting or, right. so please If there's just topics you want us to role play on, if there's, thi right. you know, any of right, that right, right. stuff that you're like, how would you, how would you do this? What would that right. look like? What about this topic? What about these kind of characters? Like, yep. we're, we're up to experiment on all of it. I think we're like, we're ready to make right. fools of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Total love well, and generosity. I've already proven that I just times volunteered over. you, Charlie. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this well, is, I think this I, is a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I sang a song last, so I've already done a, made a fool of myself <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I'll re when I recover, I'll do it again. All right, everybody. Um, so uh, be well. Be well till next Bye. week. Bye.